and welcome back to another week of the Tea Please podcast. My name is Sarah. I have a new last name, so my name is Sarah Alfers, which is so weird for me to say. I think that's like the first time I've said it out loud ever. So that's exciting. I just got back from our honeymoon, like at not even an hour ago, probably. Um, it's just been a lot of travel to get back, but we had such a great time on our honeymoon and such a great time at our wedding. We'll get into all of the details and my experience with wedding planning and how it all came together, all of that a little bit later in the episode, but this episode is going to be a little bit different because I don't have a guest clip to share with you and I don't have a guest this week. It's just going to be me, a solo episode. I have been thinking about doing a solo episode since I started. I knew that this was going to be something that I did at some point, but I wanted to wait until I was comfortable and when it felt right and when I felt like I had stuff that I actually wanted to say on the episode and anyway, I just didn't want to force it. So the time is now and it's perfect timing because I've definitely fallen behind on podcast interviews with the craziness of this month that if you've been following me on Instagram, I just keep telling you everything that's going on because it's just been so much, but we've checked a lot of items off the list and looking forward to what's coming next. So in this episode, there's a few things that I know that I wanted to talk about. I asked for some questions on my Instagram earlier today and I want to answer some of those and I also have some other topics that I wanted to just share with you that have been on my mind. Um, I want to tell you about the Dermapore that I've been using and honestly just like skincare. You know I love my skincare and I'm honestly shocked with how clear my skin was on the day of my wedding with like how high stress everything has been and I'm like very prone to stress breakouts and I also got off birth control last year just for like wanting to not be on medication and like just like know what my body was doing. I didn't want to have side effects from um birth control or anything so and that's been like crazy with getting off of it so I was breaking out a lot from that anyway I'm going to share with you my skincare tips that I've been using lately and really happy with want to tell you about the wedding and I want to tell you a little bit about the honeymoon um like some funny stories from the honeymoon and also some thoughts that I had on the honeymoon because we went to Tulum Mexico So just some like life perspective that I gained there, which I thought was really interesting because, you know, I'm always like analyzing every single thing that I do. So I have some insights to share and just open up a little bit more about what is really on my heart lately. And um, that encompasses like a lot of things, some that I already just told you. And then also just like COVID and high stress times as someone with anxiety and really sensitive And anyway, let's get into it. Okay, so let's talk about the wedding first because I wanted to share so much more, but I'll just share as um, like I get pictures back and have more time to reflect on everything. It was honestly such a whirlwind and I know people say that about weddings, but like holy cow, such a whirlwind. Okay, so let's break it down. We got engaged a year ago and we got married in Silverthorne, Colorado, which is a beautiful town and one that means a lot to us because um, Taylor and I's history, we knew each other in college. He was a houseboy at my sorority, which I just love saying that because it's just so funny. Um, And I don't like 
really remember him in that way anymore. Like he's just so different to me now, but he was a houseboy, meaning he worked for the cook that cooked for the sorority that I was in in college. So he like made us food and did our dishes. And then he just like read in the kitchen. That's what I remember noticing him always like reading in the kitchen instead of like talking to the girls and stuff. He was always just like reading and learning. Just thought he was so cute. But anyway, Silverthorn, we um, met in college, but then we're apart for several years after college and then got back together when I had plans to move out here on my own and then he had plans to move out here on his own a few months after I did. So we reconnected when he moved out here and he moved to Silverthorne. So that first year that we were together in Colorado, we spent so much time in Silverthorne. I was driving up there every single Friday and just spending all weekend up there. So we had to get married there. So we booked the venue right away because it's a popular mountain town and we knew that things were gonna book really quickly. And I'm glad that we did because this was still pretty early COVID times. It was May in 2020. So um, we were still like kind of at the beginning and didn't really know how long it was going to last. And even then, all of the weekend dates were booking up for weddings in 2021. We had to like fight several couples over the date and like push them under contract. But then someone dropped out. So we got May 22nd, which I love that date. I have been paying special attention. I've been catching a lot of 222s on the clock and just seeing a lot of 22s around lately. So really love that our wedding fell on May 22nd. So we booked the venue and we booked the officiant pretty shortly after we got engaged just to make sure that we had like the basics covered. You know, like the wedding could happen if we had a venue and if we had someone to marry us. That's all we needed. So we did that right away. And then I really just did not do anything until like six months out, probably like November-ish is when I started doing things for the wedding again. And that's when we found the dress. So the dress is definitely something I wanted to bring up on this episode because the dress is just where the craziness begins of like things that you start caring about when you're planning a wedding that you never thought you'd care about and then you find yourself wondering like why the heck am I caring about this thing? And the dress is where it started for me because there is a lot of pressure. You know, I loved watching Say Yes to the Dress growing up. I've been binging it all year. I've seen like every single episode because I just love to watch shows that reflect the season of life that I'm in. So I watched all the wedding shows and then subconsciously I think that I have to do all that stuff and it just out loud will say that I don't care about a lot of stuff and then in the moment I end up caring about a lot of stuff. Anyway, the dress. I tried on probably 20 dresses I want to say. I went to three bridal shops two here in Colorado and then one back home in Kansas City with my mom because I knew that I needed to go shopping with her at least one. And so my thoughts on the dress are that I, it was not what I expected. Of course, watching all these shows, I expected to have like a really emotional reaction to what I chose. I'm a very emotional person. I love to attach meaning to everything and I just thought that I would feel more emotional about the dress and I was just frustrated most of the time because I wasn't feeling that. And I just felt like I could like so many different dresses. And I just found myself in every single dress asking like, is this, does this encompass like every single aspect of who I am? Is it fun? Is it sweet? Is it sexy? Is it flirty? Is it sleek? Oh my gosh, Taylor kept telling me, well, this was like the joke. He didn't keep telling me. He said it once, but I just clung on to it 
for like dear life. After we got engaged and I asked him like what kind of dress he would want to see me in, the only thing he said was sleek. And I was like, what the F does sleek mean? So I had that in my mind through all of the dresses. And I was like, this is not sleek. I had no idea. I just have no idea what that means. I would love to hear your interpretation of sleek because I have no clue. So I just, I had that in my mind and I was just wondering if this dress was like, everything. I wanted it to represent me. I wanted to represent him. I wanted it to be like everything and also feel amazing and just be perfect in every way and like under budget and all the stuff. It's just not possible. So I really loved my dress and I love it even more seeing it back in pictures. I think it's so beautiful and I think it really does suit me and it really does represent me well. And I think there are other dresses that could have given me that same feeling. Like, I, I don't think it was like the dress. It was like the dress that I chose. So just a little tidbit, if you are going to be engaged at some point in your life, just don't worry so much about the dang dress because it's a dress. You can wear other dresses. Like, it's just insane the amount of pressure that we put on weddings and it starts with the dress. Anyway, I got my dress and I fell in love with it and said that I wanted it, was like signing the paperwork and then the consultant was like, okay, the dress will be here in August and I was like, no, 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 my wedding is May 22nd. I definitely needed to be here sooner and she had the date written down wrong so she was not even supposed to show me the dress that I got. It was like a I forget what they call it. It was like a pre, not a pre-sale, but like they put it in some shops to see if people are interested. And then if they are, if they sell enough of them, then the designer will put their collection in their shop or whatever. So it was one of those, like not really out and not really easy to get. And so she kind of messed up in showing it to me and getting the dates wrong. And then I fell in love with it. So she had to either like tell me that I couldn't have it or she paid to have it expedited by the designer. Um, so that's why everything came down to the wire and getting alterations done so last minute because the dress didn't come in until like a month before the wedding. So that was like where the stress started piling up at the end too. Oh, the last thing I'll say about the dress is the veil. So I did not choose to have a veil. I was very iffy about the veil to begin with. And then I went dress shopping during COVID times, you know, so we have to wear masks and the veil moment was not happening with a mask on. I like I just felt totally covered I felt completely like no it was just not happening definitely not like the moment that people were talking about having and like that you see on tv and stuff like no no no, was not happening with the masks but my mom did make me a really really beautiful headband of course she made it because she's like the craftiest person ever but she it was like the perfect piece that tied everything together it had the same pink moscato flowers that um, my dress had and the undertone so it was really I loved loved the headband. I knew I wanted like some type of headpiece and I love the idea of a flower crown, but this was so much more meaningful to me because my mom made it and I felt like it just, it was just the icing on the cake and just a little bit of sweetness to pull everything together and I just loved it. I also did all my own hair and makeup for the wedding because we didn't have any bridal party. Um, We just wanted it to be us and like we were trying to keep it simple. In my head that seems so funny to say because we were really trying to keep it simple and then it felt like everything got so complex and like again you start caring about things that you don't really care about. But yeah so uh, makeup artists don't normally do 
weddings for just like the bride because they don't make as much money. There's usually like a person minimum. Otherwise, they could like spend their time at another wedding with like a 20 person bridal party and be like making so much more than just doing mine. So I decided to do my own hair and makeup and I like hair and makeup anyway, um, but I definitely got better at doing my makeup through this last year just trying to practice and I've been practicing kind of like slowly all year going into my wedding day I did not know like exactly what I was gonna do but I had an idea like I had practiced enough to where I knew that I could do something that I would be happy with what else about the wedding the venue was very beautiful on its own so I really had very minimal decorations the flowers were extremely beautiful I'm obsessed with how they turned out but I had no idea how they were going to look I again did those super last minute and I just gave really, really loose guidelines and some pictures of what I was looking for, mostly jewel tones. And I loved the kind of like hot pink tones to keep it light for spring. And that's exactly what they were. And the pictures are just killing me with like the hot pink petals down the aisle. So gorgeous. I love them. So that was really like the main decorations that I had. And then I had a bunch of colored vases that I had collected from Goodwill and Hobby Lobby um, over like the last six months or so. Um, so those were on the tables and we had some Polaroid pictures of us, like very, very basic, nothing to shout about, like did not put a lot of thought, just a little something, something on the tables and keeping it super simple and let the beauty of the mountains and the venue that we had, they had canopy lights speak for themselves because it was really pretty. There were several times during the planning process that Taylor and I were like, what the heck are we doing? This is so much stress, like it's crazy. It's so much stress and it's so much money. And I thought that I was not going to have this traditional gathering. And I think that COVID and just having people so isolated really made me want to have people together and like have my people there. And, but like two years ago, I definitely thought that I was gonna say that we were eloping and like, only immediate family and keeping it super, super small. So we definitely went the more traditional route than what I was thinking, which I think added to the stress because I kind of know my personality and that planning an event like this is not something I would find a lot of joy in. But I really wanted a significant day, like this grand day to look back on when we're old and just have this time be so defined and that we would remember it. And it is a very memorable time for so many different reasons and the wedding day was definitely one of them and you know the stress before it was definitely a part that will mark this season of our life as well because it was just so stressful. We closed down a house the week before our wedding which we did not plan on that timing at all. We've been in the market for a long time now looking for a house um, but the Colorado market is so crazy so it just lined up to where we got it at this time and that definitely added to the stress of the wedding day and I didn't really want to talk so much about the wedding before it happened because I was kind of waiting to see if it was going to be worth it. Like I didn't really know what my stance was because leading up to the day I was just so annoyed with all of the tasks. There's so many tasks for a wedding that you have to do and it was driving me insane. So I was not like the most optimistic about it at all and now that I'm on the other side of it I'm so happy with how everything came together and it really was a beautiful night and all of our friends and family were there it was about 60 people we had pizza and donuts and we danced there was not a lot of people there but we definitely danced and we closed it down and then we had such a great night and then got up super super early to catch our flight to mexico 
Oh, before we talk about Mexico, I wanted to talk to you about the Dermapore that I've been sharing on Instagram that I got before the wedding. And just my skin in general, I mentioned this in my long tangent on my intro. My skin was amazing for the wedding and I am just so shocked because of my skin is not normally that nice. It definitely hasn't been that nice since I got off birth control last year. It's been a long time to feel like I've got like hormone levels under control where I'm not like having hormonal breakouts, but I'm definitely prone to stress breakouts anyway, and I did not have any breakouts. So this is what I was doing. The Dermapore, which is amazing. Um, It's like a facial tool. I've never bought a tool. This is like my first skin tool ever, and I'm really happy with it Um, because I do have blackheads like who doesn't you're a human you probably have blackheads if you're like over 13 actually you definitely have them when you're 13 (laughs) maybe if you're like 10 and under I don't know when you start getting blackheads but anyway notice that I have blackheads so this basically gets real deep in there to get all the gunk out um and it is not like painless I wouldn't say but it's also not painful but there's some there's like an experience that you feel when you're using it but it works. So I think it's worth it. Definitely look into it. I use that twice a week. Um, I'll have this linked in the show notes too, by the way, but I use the Dermapore twice a week um, for about two months leading up to the wedding. And then the month before the wedding, I switched my facial cleansers to just the CeraVe moisturizing face wash. And I really think that that was like the missing link. Since I've been using that, my skin has been so nice and then I use Honest Beauty's Hyaluronic Acid Cream. So good. I'll have it all linked in the show notes but those are the main things that I was using and then you know my heart-shaped gua sha tool that I use every single day that has not stopped but um, that I think definitely helped get everything like the way that we needed it for the wedding. It was great. So the honeymoon we went to Tulum, Mexico and we stayed in the town of Tulum and we stayed in Airbnb so we did not have like a resort or all-inclusive or any of that stuff but we did have a really really nice Airbnb that was honestly perfect. It was still in like the Tulum style so it felt very different, felt very vacation and it was just really like aesthetically pleasing all around and it was also pretty quiet. Um, wasn't like a party crowd in the condos that we were staying in and it was kind of tucked away so it wasn't on the main street um, where all the hubbub is but little bit tucked away and it was just really quaint and nice and the honeymoon was awesome we did so much I feel like we just of course we're always trying to do too much it sounds like a theme at this point in our lives but um, we had fun doing it and we also had a lot of rest in there too there's two main things that I wanted to bring up on the podcast that I thought about or experienced on the honeymoon and one of them was about the environment and it was the seaweed i had read about the seaweed in tulum just that it got bad and like tourists didn't like it and stuff and when we got there there was definitely seaweed and then i was like oh maybe this is just something like the ocean does at this time of year and we just got unlucky or whatever and so i googled it and the seaweed is really freaking bad and it was really sad it's a huge problem and it's because of global warming basically the ocean is too warm and so all the seaweed comes in because it's dying it's just dead seaweed and it gets washed up but it comes in droves and the city and the resorts and everyone they can't contain it because you just they have people that are trying to 
get the seaweed out every single day and then it just comes back overnight and it's there the next day. It's literally like the real life version of holes, you know, where Shia LaBeouf just digs holes in the ground over and over all day long every single day. That's what these people do to get seaweed off the beach because of global warming. It was heartbreaking. And then you're just sitting there in front of them while they shovel the seaweed and then you try to walk on the beach and you can't because there's seaweed and little dead fish in the seaweed. And it was really, really sad. And it just made me think of the family vacations that I used to take with my family. We went to a lot of national parks and I I got to see like the beauty of the world while I was growing up and at a younger age. And I just remember having such awe for the natural beauty of the world and so this was really the first vacation where I didn't feel that because the the problem of like the seaweed and global warming was just staring us in the face the entire time and that was just really heartbreaking is like the best way that I can say it and made me want to just do something about it so I like hate fear tactics so it's hard for me to like I was debating like well do I even say that because I don't want people to be scared or like, but it is, I don't know. It's like, it is scary. And I think I'm still like in my head, I'm like, well, I need to have all these action steps when I talk about it to let people know what I've done. And I haven't done any of that yet. (laughs) I'm being really transparent, but it did really affect me to see the seaweed and the problem that it's having on the community and just how they cannot contain it. And this is like a human made problem. The other thing that happened on the honeymoon was this like culture shift so obviously it's in Mexico Spanish-speaking language Spanish-speaking culture I um, lived in Peru for a while after college for about a year and I got pretty good at Spanish I got to the point where I had some like friends that only spoke Spanish they didn't know English at all so I was able to connect with people on that level so getting back into a Spanish-speaking country was super super fun and it also revealed something to me that I thought was interesting. I found that I was way more willing to go ask for help at a store or on the bus or wherever we were, like at a restaurant. I was just more outspoken and my personality was a little bit different. And I know people say that when you learn different languages, but I was just like processing this while I was there because it was different. In the States, I feel very nervous. I get really, really anxious when I go do basic errands and I think that's why wedding planning was so challenging for me also because those tasks are they just take so much energy from me because of the anxiety that I have around them like having to print things at FedEx or having to call the people to change the donut order or change the pizza order for the twi- for the second time and just all these things that I've never done before and I have to reach out to different people I just get really freaking anxious about that stuff in the states And there in Mexico, I had to like talk to a police officer who pulled us over at 530 in the morning on the way to the airport to go home. And he told us that we had to pay him like $500 and go to the station. And I was like, no, 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 sir, we have to go. Like, this is not happening. And I had to like haggle with this police officer and then end up giving him like the equivalent of $20. And then he let us go. It was insane. But Like in the States, I would probably have a panic attack if that happened. It was just so weird to me that my personality was that much different and that I can notice it with the anxiety, like that's all wrapped up into it. So coming back, Taylor and I were talking about things that we want to take back with us from the vacation and that we want to continue doing. And that was what I said because I 
really am trying to work on that anxiety and understand where it's coming from so that I don't have to live that way because it truly is draining and I don't want my solution to be just shutting down and not doing those tasks. Like there's got to be a way that I can feel better about the day-to-day stuff that I have to do and Mexico really highlighted that like I can be that way and what's the difference between saying it in Spanish and saying it in English really interesting and I guess there's a third thing that I wanted to bring up now that we're here and that is the COVID situation it's very weird right like the world is opening up again they're taking away mask mandates but not really asking for people to prove their vaccination in order to not wear a mask It's just a really weird time. Again, it's like another really weird time. Again, another in-between where the rules are blurred. People have a lot of different rules in a lot of different scenarios. Like the week before the wedding, they emailed us and told us that people didn't have to wear masks at the reception, which I was very happy about because we are both vaccinated. So I felt safe doing that. And obviously, if other people wanted to wear masks, then they could. And then we had to wear masks all through traveling with at the airport and on the airplane and everything. And then in Mexico, we asked one of our tour guides that we had for we went scuba diving one day so our scuba diving guide she was talking about how they're like they're in code orange right now in Mexico but that basically has no merit she said to what they actually do because they're like it they just don't enforce it very much or they have a hard time enforcing it so there's some restaurants that were wearing masks and asking you to wear a mask as well like unless you were sitting sitting at your table and then there was also restaurants that were not doing anything with covid or like really taking precautions there so it was really like hit and miss and a lot of different like mix of people wearing masks and not wearing masks i will say tourists like 90% of them were not wearing masks. It was mostly the locals wearing masks. And um, they also said that they don't have the vaccine as available as the United States. So right now, only their seniors are getting vaccinated and they don't have it as an option for anyone who wants to get vaccinated like the U.S. Um, So feel super lucky to be able to have that vaccine and able to take this honeymoon because we did not think that we were going to be able to. And we would not have done it had we not had that vaccination. And it would have been so uncomfortable to go to Tulum without a vaccination because of the mix of opinions and behaviors of everyone that was there. Like there was a lot of people in close proximity because the town is pretty dense and it's really compact. There's not a lot of space like it's all jungle. So everything that you see, they had to like cut jungle down to put it there. So there's just not a lot of free space. It feels very, very dense. I would have been uncomfortable if I didn't have that vaccine. I also watched the first episode of Laguna Beach, the new, no, wow, not Laguna Beach, The Hills. Um, Same time though, same, in my head they're the same, but The Hills, or was it Laguna Beach? Now I don't know. One of them (laughs) just started up again and they, in their first episode, they like have this bonfire and they talk about coming out of COVID and I just, again, just really interesting to see different perspectives of people that have even more privilege than I have and different perspective on coming out of quarantine and what they learned. And so I think this, the whole thing is going to take a long time for me personally to process. And I would imagine the world, (laughs) like there's a lot that happened in the last 12 months with COVID and is still happening and still unfolding. And the impacts are going to be like massive over the next several years. 
And anyway, they go to this bonfire and they're talking about what they learned and what they're taking out of quarantine. And there's people that were saying like, oh, I just really went in and I just feel so much better and like lighter and just a lot of self-reflection and stuff. And then a lot of people had hard times, you know, we know this, like people had different experiences, but my experience with COVID was, it was rough. We dealt with family loss, like right at the beginning with Taylor's dad, he passed away um, of cancer in April of last year, like right when everything shut down, like completely terrible and really challenging timing to be there and like, just process everything that's going on like while the pandemic is hitting like just wild and after that so like our whole entire year was you know processing in mourning and being with family and figuring out like how things are going to look for everyone now and then also trying to go full remote and like work from home full-time in a one-bedroom apartment with just us two when we both have like a lot of heavy stuff that we're going through and struggling with and then like trying to be each other's support system when really like we need more support than each other like we just did so much learning and it was so like it was so intense the the year was just intense and emotional like in every single way so having a wedding like a year later that was also really stressful to get to that point was such a relief and celebration like after the fact and when it was in motion and on the day and everything. Anyway, I would love to hear what your COVID experience was. Like how was quarantine for you? Was it a time of self-reflection and were you able to get like a lot of positives out of it? Was it really challenging? I'd, I'd love to know. I think it's like a really interesting time. This is like the war time of our generation that people experienced the same thing in a lot of different ways so I'm curious how you experienced it um I'd love if you send me an email or a dm on instagram either on the podcast page at the tea please podcast or on my personal page which is sarah.alfers my new name yeah curious how it's been for you and how you are coming out of it like what is it looking like for you we all want to know right it's so hard to gauge like what the general public's feelings are about all the new rules that are in place and all the like everything that's opening up again and mask mandates and we read people's opinions online but it's so weird to go to stores and like see some people wearing masks and some not and then deciding like what you want to do and what the perception of that is like it's all so wild to me so I would love to just ask directly how it's been going. Okay let's move on to questions that I asked from Instagram Um, these are just going to be anonymous. A lot of you asked about wedding stuff and details. So I think I covered that in the first part of this episode. Um, but let me know if you have any specific questions. I'd love to talk more or like if you're planning, let me know and I can give you my perspective. But even though I think mine will probably be a little bit pessimistic. (laughs) The other big question that I got was what made me get into podcasting and why did I start a podcast? And first of all, I just had my episode go live on the Eclectic Universe podcast, which is one of my podcasting friends. And she also helped me with the Tea Please branding um, with my logo and colors and everything like that. She is amazing. And I talked to her about 
how I started the podcast and why and like what my intentions were. So I'll link that in the show notes. I would definitely recommend checking out that episode. I listened to it on my drive home um, back to Colorado yesterday, today, um, whatever, whenever you're listening to this. And I go into everything in a little bit more detail, but I will say I started the podcast because there's been a few moments in my life where I have had this deep knowing that I knew what my next step was going to be. I felt it a few times and I'll tell you what those were, but I think that's why I'm also really interested in talking to people and bringing on guests that have more insight about intuition because of these really distinct choices and decisions that I made in different stages of my life where I really felt like I was following my intuition and the podcast is one of them. The very first time that I remember feeling that feeling and then acting on it was when I decided that I was going to play the violin. I knew that that's what I was going to do. I saw these third graders playing their violins on the stage in the cafeteria one day. I was in first grade, it must have been. And they used to put on these little concerts during lunch to get the younger kids interested and show them these instruments. And the first time I saw them, I was like, I am going to do that. I know I'm going to do that. And then I did it. And it totally clicked with me. And I loved it. And I played all through high school and I still miss it. (laughs) I want to play when we have a house. I am a people pleaser. So I'm afraid to play in an apartment and it's really loud. I need to get an electric guitar or electric um, violin so that it's quieter. But um, anyway, that was the first time I had that deep knowing. Another time that I felt that was when I knew that I was going to go to Peru after college. I knew that's what I was going to do. And there was like absolutely no changing my mind. Another time that I knew I was going to do that was when I got my promotion to paid advertising. I knew that that was going to be my next thing. I was just going to make it happen. It, I, it was just so crystal clear that that's what I needed to do. The podcast has not been so crystal clear, I think, for a lot of other reasons. But it is the same deep knowing that I know I need to keep figuring it out and I'm not done figuring it out. So I'll expand on that a little bit. I started like the deep knowing that I have was that I want to create something online that helps people, but I don't know how. So I didn't necessarily know that it was going to be a podcast. I thought it was going to be a blog at first and then I thought it was going to be YouTube videos and then I thought it was going to be like TikTok. I tried all the things and it wasn't working And I think there was other stuff going on like in the background where I wasn't able to really tap into that crystal clear knowing that I had felt before because I had just a lot of anxiety and a lot of worry about what people were going to think and just a lot of obstacles that I had to overcome internally for me to create content and put it out there in the world in any form. So I kind of got that out of the way with like all these other content platforms. And then I had this like epiphany almost where I was just struggling like, well, I have to take like a skincare course because I need all these credentials or people aren't going to listen to me because I don't know what I'm talking about. And then I was like, wait, I can just ask other people (laughs) who know more than I do about the things that I'm interested in. And that really hit me that podcasting was where I should take that. And I then it was like, duh, because I don't watch YouTube videos that much, but I do listen to podcasts all the time, like in the car, in the shower, while I'm doing chores that I don't like, while I'm just sitting around, like all the time. It's such a natural platform for me to gravitate to. So 
That is kind of like a very different answer than I gave on the Eclectic Universe podcast, but still very true. It was a knowing that this was something that I needed to pursue, and I still think that it is something I need to pursue, and I'm enjoying it. I have to correct myself a little bit when I say I'm enjoying it because of the other obstacles that I'm talking about. I want something to be so perfect and so like so perfect that I I ruin it for myself and I don't allow it to be fun Um, and then I just end up dreading things. So I, I end up dreading the interviews and then even with this, with recording a solo episode, like it should be a fun thing that I want to do. And then I find myself like dreading the task until I get into it. And then it like, again, I'm reminded like, yes, this is the thing. Like, this is what you need to be pursuing. But I also need to find a way to not like, it's like the mother that just loves their child and just like suffocates them. I do that with everything that I care about. And the podcast is no different. So I'm just like, I'm ruining it for myself basically. And I know that. So awareness is the first step. And I'm going to work on that because this is something that's enjoyable for me and I love to share it. And it, ah, yeah, it just needs to be fun. We're going to make it fun. And right now I'm in my bed. So that's one way that I found like that it can be more fun for me because I think, oh, well, I need to be at my podcast desk and I need the sound to be perfect and all these other things that don't really matter. And then I'm like, wait, I can bring my microphone into my bed and I can keep the lights off and that's more fun for me and I'm having a great time. Okay, someone else asked me a really great question, and it was, what keeps me grounded? My immediate answer is movement and food. And to expand on that, movement, like, I've, I think I've definitely found my groove with workouts, and my workouts have definitely not been happening. Again, back to the wedding, I had these grand visions of going into the wedding week feeling like my absolute best self, feeling so confident and so, like, on my workouts and eating right and all this stuff and like that just didn't happen with all the other stress that we were under two weeks before the wedding we ate out like every single night that week and hadn't done any workouts in like two weeks and it just it was a struggle and I'm definitely not saying that you can't take off time or like that two weeks is like a long time, but that is a long time for my mental health with those things because I've been cultivating those practices because my mental health depends on them and that's what helps me feel grounded. So with movement, I, I've really been loving the class workouts. I've been talking about them to my friends. You've probably heard me talk about them on here but or on Instagram, but I love the class because It is just a free form type of movement that I feel like my body and my mind really responds well to way more than like a 30 minute HIIT workout or high intensity. Like that is not, I have to be in a very specific mood to be able to do that and to want to do that. But these workouts, they're like a mix of bar and yoga and mindfulness and also just like organic movement. They just tell you to move your body. So when I say movement, I literally just mean movement. It could be walking, biking, these workouts, yoga. Like I I try and listen to what my body needs, which is a whole nother practice in itself. Um, but I, I don't try to push it anymore. So that keeps me grounded and food, good, like nutritious food. I'm a really picky eater. I, it has taken me like 26 years to like vegetables. I'm 28. So I've been eating vegetables for like three years or however many years that is. And I 
I'm still practicing that like nutritious eating habit because it does not come naturally to me. Like my taste buds don't like that. My brain doesn't like it. So those two things really help me to stay grounded or they honestly just help me have a chance of being grounded (laughs) because without them, it's really challenging for me to be grounded. And the other thing, the, the other big thing that I would add to that is my now husband, my new hubby, Taylor. Um, he keeps me grounded a lot because I feel like he really understands like what I feel and like when I go into a dark place about the world or like my experience in life, like I feel like he really gets it. And so that really keeps me grounded and helps me understand like that this is like okay to be feeling a certain way and that like focus on the stuff that matters and he can really put things into perspective for me and I really value that about our relationship that I can talk to him about that stuff and that he sees me in that light and that we can connect in that way it's just it's a deeper connection than just like oh how's your day good like I'm here to support you and and whatever like in the day-to-day like I feel like we're really there to support each other in life and like what life means and how we experience it and so having people like that really helps me feel grounded. Okay, the last question I'm going to answer on this episode is about anxiety because I have anxiety like much of the world and it's been a challenge to like understand what that looks like for me and how I can help myself get through it. Something that I like to do with my anxiety is I've heard this tip a lot but I've kind of changed it. So I've heard that you should write your anxieties down and put them on paper, like get them out so you can see them. I like to say them out loud and I usually say them to Taylor, but if you have someone that you trust that you can like say what you're feeling anxious about to and not keep it inside, I think that can be really helpful, especially with like some of the mundane like anxieties that we feel that are like we know are irrational, but we can't stop thinking them literally tell someone about that two things are going to happen one you're going to say it out loud and that's going to help you see and hear like what that actually sounds like for someone to say that and then like hopefully you'll be like whoa that's not really something I need to be thinking or that's not true and then two whoever you're telling this to should hopefully give you that support to say like no that's not going to happen perfect example I keep bringing up FedEx because that's like a very real anxiety that I have because we don't have a printer and I hate figuring out how to print things at FedEx so sometimes I have to go do errands like that and then I'll just tell Taylor before I'm leaving like what if they just yell at me or like I'm afraid that they're going to yell at me and he's like they're not going to yell at you like that would mean that they're a terrible employee and that they're going to lose their job like you're not going to get in trouble by asking a question at FedEx to the people that work at FedEx that's an anxiety that I have that like just verbalizing it I'm just like "Uh, okay yeah you're right and then I am able to go do it another thing that I do is CBD drops sometimes they're really expensive though so I don't always have them but I would if they were not as expensive because I do think that they help um I also really love the daily habit coffee creamer with CBD in it. Um, We had Brooke, the founder of Daily Habit on the podcast in episode 12. If you want to go back and listen, it's a really good one about the effects and benefits of CBD. I just love CBD for anxiety. I think if you take it daily over time, it has like a very subtle effect that is hard to notice, but I definitely think it helps with anxiety. Ultimately though, I think the biggest thing that helps with anxiety is going to therapy. I think that's helped me the most to be able to identify like the root cause of some of the anxieties that I do feel to help me like work against them actively. 
I still feel them and that's why some of like the tasks that we have to do on the day-to-day feel really draining for me because I'm still working through that. They don't come very easily for me because I'm an introvert, I'm very sensitive, and I take things really personally. And so my reaction is to always shut down. But through therapy, I'm able to see where the, the common themes are, like where are the areas that this anxiety could be stemming from and how can I take a deeper look into that And that has honestly been like the most helpful for me because I can remember times where I didn't have anxiety. So where did I pick that up and how can I counteract that and form a new habit and a new thought around that thing? That's what I have to say about anxiety for now. But I love talking anxiety. I have anxiety all the time, but I do need to call it a night for this episode and for tonight. I really hope you liked this solo episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts if you would like to have more regular solo episodes, maybe like once a quarter or something, nothing crazy, but maybe pop in, have a little chit chat. I'd love to get some more questions answered um, and have more time to do that. I thought I wasn't going to have like a lot to say and now I'm like, wait, no, I could talk for like another two hours, but we can spread it out and we can keep talking. So I really hope you liked it. Please leave a review if you did like it. Um, Even better, share it with a friend. Spread the word about the podcast. Tell them something you learned and which episode you learned it from. Come find me at the Tea Please Podcast on Instagram. And I also have reopened, reclaimed my personal account, sarah.alfers. I'll be sharing more of the personal side, like day-to-day, just more of my thoughts and my life and whatever I want to share over on that personal page. And the podcast page is going to continue to be centered around the guests, the content on the podcast, and kind of like the overarching conversations that we have there. And the personal page is going to be more where you can connect with me on a personal level Um, because I definitely want to do both. So yeah, I'll talk to you in the next episode.